Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hemlock Podcast. Uh, this is take two for us because we just did a bunch of recording and realized I made a really dumb mistake and didn't have one of the tracks going. So um, we're <laughs> going to rehash the conversation. We're going to do this all again. Pretend so, like we didn't talk about any of this yet. Never <laughs> happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, what did I get in trouble for right off the bat? This is Lorenzo Enz, uh, a good friend of mine, bandmate. Um, welcome to the Hemlock Podcast. Pleasure to be here. As, uh, as, our, first, <laughs> as our, our first guest on the podcast. So um, I'm super pumped. It gets kind of lonely here just talking by myself. Um, so it's good. I'm uh, here to keep you company. I would appreciate that, man. It's good to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Um, you are pretty um, outspoken yourself. Try on, to be. On the yep. social medias about stuff, which I super appreciate. I have my um, opinions. I try to stay respectful and enjoy talking about all the hot topic issues. <laughs> yeah, man. Love it. Love it. Um, some quick housekeeping. Uh, as always, Hemlock Podcast, thehemlockpodcast.locals.com. Uh, if you want to become a financial supporter or just join the community, um, we can't upload full-length episodes of the podcast until we have 100 members at least. So faster we hit that, the better. So if you haven't joined on Locals yet, go ahead and join up, um, either as a financial supporter or not. Either or is great. Um, five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Um, we need them. We need them. He needs them. <laughs> you can say I we. need them for I this like one. I like, <laughs> <laughs> I like you taking ownership already. Though. I love that. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, some of the hot button stuff we talk about, we're going to talk about today, uh, got us into some controversy with some people that don't like our opinions very much. We plucked some cords early on. Yeah, <laughs> he plucked I some plucked cords. some cords. I'm yeah, really yeah, taking. Yeah, you're taking too much over than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't do that to yourself. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, just got like a lot of hate and the ratings and the YouTube comments and likes and stuff right off the bat. So if you are like minded, uh, throw us a five star rating Apple Podcasts. I love reading little nice comments. It just warms my heart and encourages me because I'm getting a lot of flack off the bat. So you can look forward to that um (laughs) make sure you're subscribed on apple podcasts or youtube or spotify whatever it is um mailbag want to start a mailbag segment so um um mail him a bag of something mail (laughs) get the bag (laughs) um so yeah i I want your comments i want your discussions a lot of this is a lot of the the comments we got early on were fairly toxic some of them were really good and i appreciate those ones um but yeah i want to hear your thoughts and the mailbag basically asking questions and commenting stuff um that we address and where I can call you out and give you a shout out. Uh, we're going to put it behind a paywall when we launch our website probably in a week or two. So get ahead of the curve. Go to uh, just get commentated stuff and I'll be doing that for free for the, for the first little while. Um, <laughs> and then our sponsor, Good Food. Um, not really a sponsor, but <laughs> but we recommend them highly. And if you uh, use the link in the description, you get 40 bucks off your first box of Good Food, which is a food delivery service. Yeah. So like pre-made meals, all the ingredients, you cook them yourself. Have you done any of those? I have not. I've seen no. a lot of ads, and I've yet to try it. I, I honestly am really tempted. Use the link, bro. <laughs> Good food is like uh, my wife and I have tried all of them. Like yeah. everyone we can get here, we've gone through. Uh, Good food is like the best among them. It's like <laughs> restaurant, like yeah. fine dining quality that you cook yourself. I hate like prepping and grocery shopping. Uh, I love cooking. So for me, it t- I love eating good food. Uh, so it yeah. like, takes all the stuff about cooking that I don't like out of the equation and just here's the exact amount you need and it's delicious and it's a recipe you didn't think of yourself. Right? That's great. Anyways. Puts the fun um, back in cooking. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, so uh, yeah, that's it for housekeeping. Let's jump in. Um, what did I get in trouble for right off the bat? Um, Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. We just talked about this. So. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> um, Kamala Harris. Basically, uh, a lot of the hate comes from one intro because it did a satirical intro. Um, so satire is comedy. Where it's like, I don't actually mean the things I'm saying, and I'm doing it for a laugh. Hopefully. A lot of people did not find what I said very funny, apparently. A lot of people don't understand satire. Also I, true. I just find that sad. Because <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. so much comedy. There's so much good in satire. Uh, 100%. 100%. So, basically what I said is I used the phrase, she slept her way into power. Which, if you don't mm. know the story, um, she basically... Well, you do now, because I told it to I you about know. a half hour ago. Um, is she... Willie Brown was a guy who, like... I, I forget his title right now. Blanking. He was a really powerful politician in California, right? We know the hot mess that is mm-hmm. Californian politics. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he basically, he was married. He was estranged from his wife. So he was having an affair with Kamala Harris, who was 30 years his junior, uh, and then rewarded her two political positions, like high-ranking political positions uh, that were high-paid, low work, and uh, she wasn't qualified for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so when I use the phrase, slept her way into power, because she exploited a sexual relationship with 30 a man who was 30 years her senior to get high-ranking political positions, that's what I was trying to say. So I was using the mm-hmm. stating the fact euphemistically. Apparently that's sexist oh. and misogynistic. Which I don't understand because it's not... I mean, to be able to actually just state the obvious, say what, observe what happens, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there should be no offense. If something happens, it's what happened. Yeah. You, know, you can't take that away. And totally. I mean, there's, sure, there's euphemisms that you can use, but... Regardless, if it mm. happened, you state what happened because you observed it or everybody else observed it, there's nothing wrong. If, if Trump had gone through the exact same thing, oh man, we would be hearing about it. And all the media <laughs> is left, right, and center. Uh, well, probably not right, but all the left <laughs> because they're mostly all left. That's not true, though. Let's be real. Because That's the okay. right, I find, calls him out on stuff. That's really? what I appreciate. Yeah. It's more no, consistent. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you'd be, hearing it, you'd be hearing way more on it. Yeah. And, and just the defamation on Sorry, it. Sorry, way more on it or way moronic? Sorry, I just thought I that was know. a good little thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. you, you would just... His his whole brand would be completely defamed over it compared... It has been. Yeah. It, it ha- and has been over probably, I would say, a lot lesser issues mm-hmm. in comparison. I don't know maybe, if I'd say lesser. Maybe. I don't say lesser. Like, he said some gross stuff. And I, I don't want to defend... Yeah. I'm not going to... I don't want to get cornered into defending Donald okay. Trump. Okay. His yeah. whole Stormy Daniels stuff, it's gross. Like, he's had affairs. He's been yeah. married three times. Dude's sexual ethic is not something to look up to. No. Right? For sure not. So... Yeah. Yeah. So, but you're right. The amount he gets called out for that versus someone on the left with an equally disgusting sexual ethic um, doesn't get called out. It's a double standard. Yeah, totally. Um, And so, and I think kind of a through line that we're going to run into a few times today is like the buzzwords and the wordplay and like kind of the leftist control over Mm -hmm. the vocabulary, the cultural, like the cultural lexicon, right? Yeah. and that phrase, which I didn't aware of how triggering the phrase was going to be, but um, like slapped her way into power, slapped her way to the top, I think is the actual phrase, was what triggered people on it, right? Mm-hmm. And all I was saying was like, look, this you, this woman exploited a sexual relationship for positions of power that she did not deserve, right? Um, that she wasn't qualified for. Uh, or even if, let's say, she, let's say she deserved them, right? Um, even if she deserved them, they were like little work, high paying positions that she wouldn't have gotten without exploiting a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, her body, her choice. Yeah. Her, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. An empowered feminist, right? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with exploiting a relationship and getting some high paying positions out of it? Right. Mm-hmm. I used it as a negative thing. Cause I think that's gross to do that. And if yeah. it was a guy, if there's a powerful female politician. Let's say someone, Kamala Harris is now the vice president. Let's say some dude, some ambitious young politician, Gets into a relationship with Kamala Harris, right? Starts, starts, I, I, she's married right now, so maybe it's a, almost equivalent. Um, started sleeping with her, and she awarded him a bunch of, like, high-paying, low-work positions. I would say he slept his way into power. Absolutely. As soon as, and, as soon as I with Kamala Harris. Yeah. And the media would probably even flip that around and say, hey, he abused her, you know, in some way. They'd flip it on him. Maybe. 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 And actually, yeah. <laughs> um, Side note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... But I think, yeah, that actually kind of brings up the flip side of this, which was, uh, I got accused of, what was the word in here? Someone commented misogyny. saying- Misogyny. What's that? Misogyny? Yeah, nothing, yeah, so I got called misogynistic for saying that phrase, um, which I don't think is fair or makes any sense. But she also says, she says, however, utilizing sexist phrases that are weaponized against women working in male-dominated industries, male-dominated industries, doesn't really aid your argument. It's also insensitive towards the 60% of female American work voters who have experienced sexual harassment with 70% of those women stating it happened at work. Where's the correlation there? I, I said one woman used a relationship for political power, mm-hmm. right? Um, I said nothing about sexual assault, which is complete disgusting and mm-hmm. castrate or kill the guys that do it, right? Um, um, where's the correlation there? Did I miss something? I don't see it, to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't say... I guess it's just utilizing the sexist phrase, which you can debate whether it's whether what I used was the sexist phrase or not. Because I go on in that video, I go on to like call out Joe Biden's sexual deviancy mm-hmm. because he's a weird creep who keeps touching little girls. You can look up compilations of that. Yeah. Like, 
um, where he's like grabbing little girls' chests at like meet and greets on camera, yeah. right, in public with a bunch of other politicians and families and stuff. And it's yeah. weird and creepy. Yeah. And I'm like, that's gross too. So it's like feminism, right? I should apply an equal standard to women because equality, right? Anyways. Um, so that's Kamala Harris. Anything else on that? No. No, perfect. Okay. We'll put that one to bed. <laughs> she did. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That was good. <laughs> you snuck that one in there. Like Willie Brown did. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Well, moving on. Yikes. Um, good grief. Um, okay. So the next one was defunding the police. This was a fun one. Um, here we go. Okay. So defunding the police. I was talking about how uh, BLM, a lot of their whole thing was we should get rid of police because because of police brutality. I've talked about the stats on police brutality. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near as big of a problem as the news and BLM makes it out to be, if you look at the stats. Um, and they use that to push this defund the police narrative, right? Yeah. So the comment I got was, um, uh, let's talk facts. I love facts. You love facts. Um, he uses He quotes me because I used a study saying that uh, – and this is black Americans. So 61% of black Americans want the police presence to remain the same. An additional 20% said they wanted more police presence with 19% wanting less. I said 81% of people, of black people, do not want to defund the police mm-hmm. in the states. 60% want it to stay the same. 20% want more, right? 81%, what did I say? 61% plus 20, 81. Which, which means if you defund the police, 81% are going to be unhappy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but the thing is, he's like, it's not talking about what is what does the amount of police presence have to do with funding them or defunding them? If you remove funding, if you lower funding or you defund the police, is there going to be more or less, less police presence? Less, right? Less. Is that a hard conclusion to reach? No, not really. <laughs> to be honest, it's... less money for the cops less means less cops, less yeah. people are incentivized to be cops, less people on payroll, less, uh, less like. A dissolvement of the quality of training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, moving on to the next, kind of the comments in this thread. Um, <laughs> he goes on. The article then goes on to specifically state that the vast majority believe reform is needed, with upward of ninety percent favoring specific reforms aimed at improving police relations with the communities they serve and preventing or punishing abusive police behavior. That's literally what we mean when we say defund the police. So then say. <laughs> Reform. <laughs> he Don't said, say defund. I just, I love the use of the word literally there. That's literally what we mean when we say defund the police is something entirely different from defund the police. So you should literally <laughs> use the literal word <laughs> that you're trying to say. Right. Reform. And they try to say like, oh no, but if you, you say defund the police and then what you actually achieve, you say something this extreme and the, your agenda gets advanced a little bit. Yeah. No, that's not what happened because you look at Minneapolis or Chicago or anybody that's actually tried defunding their police departments. Um, and Minneapolis is actually increasing funding now, like uh, a year later. Quietly. Quietly. After Joe Biden got in and BLM has been swept under the rug, right? Um, because the crime rates went up. Riddle me that, Batman. <laughs> like, mm. you know, one plus one equals two. It's crazy how math still works in this crazy society. But yeah. um, defunding the police meant defunding the police. It didn't. And by the way, we're both for police reform. Accountability. Oh, yeah. Sure. Neither of us are for police brutality, right? I mean, anything can be reformed. Anything can be improved. Sure. Yeah. That's always the goal yeah. in societies to improve things, right. reform things. As as issues come up, reform them. Yeah. But Lorenzo, you look like the kind of person who likes cops beating people up for no reason, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Like, it's just ridiculous when we get accused of. But yeah. um, reform, absolutely. Accountability, absolutely. And yeah, does, okay, does better training for cops so less of that happens... Does better training require more or less funding? Well, it will require more time, more manpower, probably less money. <laughs> right? Oh, wait. Wait a second. I got that backwards. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, that's what blows my mind. And this goes on to some of this thread. Um, Unless they're considering bringing down the wages. Then maybe it'll be less. Right. Which well, is, I don't think yeah, do bringing that. down wages is definitely going to mean better <laughs> cops. Right. Right. Gosh. Uh you do. This is someone else. You do realize the incredible amount of funding the police has, and you really don't think defunding them will help the community for the better. No. No. No, I don't. <laughs> um, by creating proper mental health services, proper outreach care, proper proper victim response, um, better training, more or less money. Probably more. More. Probably yeah. more. Yeah, I'd um, say so. 
Anyways, uh, I think fundamentally, she goes on to say, I think fundamentally we all agree upon human rights and such, but big yikes at you for being a dick. <laughs> not so, respectful. Not, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, anyways, um, yeah, so th- I think we can move on from this. Oh, I had someone else. Thank you, Mr. Cis White Christian Male. It's really disgusting to see you support such a racist and disgusting platform. Uh, but then again, you believe people like me do not, and this is, I don't even, I'm not even sure what she means, people like me. Um, she's actually a good friend of mine from, from a while back. Um, and love her to death still, like beautiful soul. Um, she's gone through some stuff, right? Um, and uh, and I'm not gonna get into all that, but I'm not even sure what she means. It's been a while since we've talked, right? But you again, then again, you believe people like me do not deserve rights and that the biggest problem BIPOC face is fatherlessness. Kind of a disgrace to call yourself a Christian when you promote hate. So again, hmm. I don't I, I don't know what she's talking about. People like me don't deserve rights. I believe everyone deserves equal rights, right? Yeah. Under the law, mm-hmm. unequivocally, completely. Um, and fatherlessness is a massive problem in Absolutely. the BIPOC community, right? Yeah. And you look and because fatherlessness is attributed to all the things they don't like. They don't like sexual assault rates. They don't like crime rates. They don't like low education rates. They don't like people not graduating high school. They don't like, they want to reform all those systems to get people to do more of that. All of those are attributed to fatherlessness, right? Mm -hmm. Decreased fathers in the home means increased rates of all the negative crap I just listed, right? Um, Maybe that's a segue there because people like me do not deserve rights. I believe there's something kind of like trans, some kind of trans thing happening Mm -hmm. there, which Mm -hmm. is the next one conveniently on our list. Um, (laughs) Who knew? Is, yeah, exactly. Uh, So what, (laughs) um, same intro as the Kamala Harris thing, this like the satirical intro I did. Um, But uh, I had someone else, and she said this very respectfully. Again, this one, this this young lady is a, she actually used to be one of my old youth. I was a youth leader for a long time. and stated very respectfully, listed her sources, love it. And you know who you are, and I respect the way you're able to discuss things. I love it. Um, but I disagree with you. So she goes... Um, Which is okay, contrary to popular belief. What? We can have disagreements. Oh. And still respectfully converse. And still be friends? Absolutely. What? I know. Crazy. Um, <laughs> you radical you. <laughs> I'm so radical. Um, so... Uh, she said basically, and I made a comment about uh, Elliot Page, right? Who was formerly Ellen Page, born a biological female, and now identified. She was a gay biological female and is now a trans male, identifies mm. as a trans male, right? Um, and I referred to her. I'm, I'm going to refer to her as her because, again, if, 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 like, if you were trans, right, you were born a female, I'd probably, in a conversation with you, like right now, be super respectful. I'd refer to you as a, as a he if you were born a female, right? Okay. Became a trans male. Because personally, I'm not a dick, despite the comments. Um, I, I'm not a jerk to people in real life, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking, or it's a public forum, it's a public platform. We're talking about broad societal implications, right? I believe there is male and female, right? Mm hmm. X, 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 Y, male gametes, female gametes, right? Science, You make eggs or sperm, and that binary proliferates throughout the entire animal kingdom, Mm -hmm. right? There's male and female, and gender ideology, I think, is a bunch of nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, I referred to Elliot Page as a her, and I dead named her, because I used her name Ellen Page to describe who I was talking about, Mm because not a lot of people knew Mm -hmm. she had become Elliot Page at that point, right? Um, Anyways... Uh, she goes, your comments about Elliot Page are homophobic and insensitive to the struggles faced by trans people. Uh, actually, really brief note, I'm the fact that she used the word homophobic is curious to me instead of transphobic. Mm-hmm. Because homophobic, if, if she believes what she's saying and that a biological female can become a biological male, mm-hmm. a, male can be, a man be, can become a woman, what I said was not homophobic. Because she went from being a... <laughs> a gay female to what? A straight male. As far as I know, she's still interested in women. She was married to one. I think actually they split up, but mm-hmm. um, not apparently from the transgenderism. But um, so now she's a straight white male, <laughs> right? If she believes what she's actually saying, that mm-hmm. that can actually happen. So Ironic. what I said was not homophobic because now she's straight. Right. How can I be homophobic to a straight right. person? Yeah. Right? It, I think it belies her entire point, honestly. Yeah. Um, but she says 67% of transitioning people thought about suicide pre-transition, right? Um, you don't need to understand people in the LGBTQIA+. That acronym keeps getting longer. So, yeah, um, it does. 
you don't need to understand people in that community in order to love and be kind to them. Mm-hmm. So, thoughts. Thoughts. Well, what was the stat on the suicide? What did you, what did you just say? Well, we did this the first time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, this one. 67%? Yeah. 67%? Yeah, yeah. 67% of transitioning people thought about suicide pre-transition. Pre-transition. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, there's an inherent issue if somebody's pondering the idea of committing suicide. Totally. And this goes back then to what the issue is, and it's probably seated in some kind of mental, emotional instability. Hmm. So do we want to talk about that? Let, sure, let's dive into that. Let's just look back in the last 20 years, and we have a huge list of things, disorders, uh, mental disorders, hmm. that have been slowly shifting to date. Um, that list has been shrinking, and, and hmm. a lot of these disorders are now no, or conditions are no, known as... Uh, things to be accepting of lifestyle choices, lifestyle more, choices yeah. that are now who uh, defines a person and now you should love that person and, and therefore they are not to be looked at as treatable items or treatable things, conditions. They are who the person is and mm-hmm. if you may say anything against them or suggest that it's not normal, now you've offended the person. Yeah. you Or you hate that person or you, or you, hate you fear the, that person. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a problem. So trans... <laughs> Transphobia. <laughs> Somebody's having issues. I hope, I hope, I hope my, landlord, my landlord's kid is okay. <laughs> that didn't sound good. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk. Yeah, so there's there's the whole mental instability thing. Um, I think there's also, let's just talk about the word transphobia mm. or, or homophobia or any word that sort of is, is of that nature. Yeah. You have phobia, fear, and then you have whatever it is. It could be literally anything. Transphobia in this case. Um... I'm not. I'm not a fearful of a transphobia or of a transgender person. I'm not Even fearful. If like a trans person walked in right now, you wouldn't like run away and <laughs> well, like hide. <laughs> no, no, they're not monsters. They're not. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to be fearful totally, of. Totally. This it, it's such a miss a twisted word a, mm-hmm. a conglomerate. It just doesn't yeah. fit in society. In society, right? Well, it's been weaponized, right? It's been yeah. weaponized because like, I, I, I like, talked about like Islamophobia, right? Right. So Islamophobia was a, a term coined to like basically demonize people who who had concerns about radical Islam. Right. So, yeah. So like, and back then, phobia. That first one was kind of the first of the phobia terms that like yeah. the colloquial ones we use. It. That, that actually made sense because there was there was like a fear of violence. There was a lot of extremism, a lot of terrorist attacks, ISIS is running around, that kind of thing. Yeah, very much associated with it. And totally. so there's a, there's inherent fear that, that justified the phobia part of that yeah. vocabulary. But now when it's been applied to all kinds of other things like homophobia, transphobia, mm-hmm. etc., it's it's misguided because yeah. we're not afraid. I'm not afraid totally. of a, a transgender person or mm-hmm. a homosexual, homosexual person. person. Yeah. Yes. So that's an issue. Totally. I think that just twists the whole argument and, and uh, you know, presents, it, it seeds to the surface a lot of discontent and a lot of, of hatred and, and yeah. like, you can't, you're not communicating properly. It goes back to that through line of like leftist manipulating language, like yeah. the cultural lexicon where it's like, whether it's slept away to the top, ah, that's a triggering phrase. You can't use it. Or you're a sexist and a misogynist just for right. using that, right? Regardless right. of the context. Or defunding the police. Well, we didn't mean defunding the police. We meant reform the police, right? Yeah. Um, or Same. we didn't mean tra- like transphobic and homophobic and stuff mean something entirely different, right? Yeah. They, they, like, they attribute and they weaponize. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they're weaponized to attribute something that isn't true to people yeah. who have questions or concerns about whether is is a lifestyle choice or a mental disorder, right? Yeah, so we should be, again, we should reiterate, they, we should all be striving to say what we mean, not mm. try and, and, you know, bring up a word to use, but then what you mean yeah. something other than what the actual words mean. You know, it's just, it, it creates a lot of confusion in communication with one another, and then it causes totally. all kinds of turmoil and disrespect, yeah. and then and that's where things start to break down. Is when you can't communicate about these issues because mm-hmm. there's all kinds of different thoughts and ideas about what this means, but actually it means this literally, but then you mean this <laughs> something else literally, but you're using this word, and then it's just your button heads, and it just creates can't all get kinds anywhere of chaos. Doing that, yeah, yeah. When we were talking before, you used a broken arm analogy. Yes, broken is, arm analogy. So that was like, great. if so, it's, okay, so somebody has a mental. Uh, condition. Mm-hmm. They're diagnosed. They have something. Uh, men- it's not uh, something that you see necessarily. 
Um, but think about a broken arm. Somebody who has a broken arm should not be embarrassed that they have a broken arm. Totally. They can wear that on their sleeve. <laughs> and, <laughs> well and they will be, you know, everybody can see. Yeah, you, the guy got a broken arm. Yeah. If we choose to say, actually, no, you don't have a broken arm. Or maybe it's, you know, your broken arm is okay. That's actually who you are. And I love that. I love your broken arm. Yeah. I love that about you. So, <laughs> you know, so, you so therefore, therefore, yeah, yeah. you don't need to be treated because that's part of who you are. Yeah. Well, that's cruel. That's not yeah. loving. Yeah. It's, you know, and so in the same way, society tends to look at mental illnesses in a bad light. Yeah. Um, really demeaning way, really, because people are embarrassed that they have a mental illness. Well, no, mm -hmm. you shouldn't be embarrassed about a mental illness the same way you shouldn't be embarrassed if you have a broken arm. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think it's just very unloving for all of these conditions to be slowly normalizing yeah. as who people are. And people get offended if you say, oh, you have this mental condition or like, don't mm -hmm. say that about me. But but then now you're denying them the proper treatment. Yeah. And, and then you're just making the issue worse because now, you know. Totally. You, you don't you, you don't get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, hundred percent. And like that's the thing is like is is she was accusing me of, of be, like not being loving or kind. Yeah. Our argument is totally from a place of love and compassion. Absolutely. Right? It's a disagreement about whether it's a lifestyle choice or a mental disorder. Because yeah, I'm talking about stats here. Right? Actually, she gave resources too, which is great. She says sixty-seven percent of transitioning people thought about suicide before they transit. Before they, tra I have such a hard time with that word today. Before they transitioned, right? Yeah. Um, some more stats. Um. 40% of trans people commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Actually do it. Right? Before and after. Bef both post, both pre and post transition, right? Yeah. So it's like, it, that stat doesn't change when they're now in the gender they supposedly feel like they are, right? Right. Or they feel like they should be. So so the issue is still yeah. there after they've over, you know, gone through this process. Yeah. And, and that tells you usually if there's an issue, the the treatment should improve the outcome. Totally. Like the outcome should be improved by treatment. So either you're not treating properly mm -hmm. or you're treating the wrong thing or, or you're just completely off the rails totally. with what you're, you know. Yeah. And the response to that has been like, okay, well, the reason it's not, that that's, that side effect is not being treated, the suicidality of transgenderism um, is because people are mean to them. People are cruel to them, right? Yeah. Um, the only equivalent suicide, two in five, that's a two in five rate, right, of trans people committing suicide which is terrible and awful and I, I hate that That's, I feel I have nothing but empathy for those people right mm -hmm. um, the only equivalent suicide rate in history uh, Jews living in Nazi Germany so either you make the argument that trans people in North America in 2021 are, are experiencing the same kind of barbarity and savagery that um, oh savagery that's something we'll cover later as well <laughs> um, um, that Jews living in Nazi Germany were experiencing um, or there's something else going on right some people yeah. will make that argument that like it's as bad as Nazi Germany. I just think that comes from historical ignorance. Yeah. Right. Um, and then even to go into like kind of to address what you're talking about, mental illness, not being called mental illness anymore, mental disorder. Um, to use the history of that, the DSM-5, which is actually, it's viewed by a lot of the medical profession as um, a lot of people think it's been pretty politicized. Mm -hmm. But uh, transgenderism, which is now called gender dysphoria which it used to be called gender identity disorder, which used to be called transsexualism. It's just like evolved with a politically correct tidal mm -hmm. wave, right? Mm -hmm. um, gender dysphoria sounds nicer than gender identity disorder, but it, it also changed to say that gender dysphoria, the suicidality, the suicidality uh, associated with gender dysphoria is due to the depression that comes with it, not because of the gender dysphoria itself. Which is a cop-out because you could say that about anything. Total cop-out, right? Okay, well, schizophrenia, you don't... The suicidality associated with schizophrenia isn't because of schizophrenia. It's because of the depression associated. You can do it with anything, right? Yeah. It's like, no, the underlying root is the is the, the, the disorder itself, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, it's not because... And this is actually another interesting one. Uh, there's a there's a longitudinal study done, right? A long, like a long-term study that was done that was showing that... Uh, it's okay. So forty-five percent. Uh, it's actually around higher. Forty-five percent um, pre-transition, right? There was one longitudinal study that showed it only drops to about forty percent after transition, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're right, if they're if they're right, if they're right, sorry, not you. If like if the people out there that are saying arguing for this being like a lifestyle choice mm -hmm. and that it, it's because of cruelty of people, if that's the case, that only accounts for five percent of the suicidality associated with transgenderism, mm -hmm. right? Not the not the other forty percent, the other two and five uh, that commit suicide because of trans right. issues. Yeah. And the reason I don't want to use the pronouns, that's why I got called mean, 
was because I think this is huge, especially with, we talked about earlier. We did this the first time about kids, right? Mm-hmm. And like he and she, like th- these are broad societal implications. But the assistant health secretary in the States, uh, who was a transgender woman uh, named Rachel Levine, was saying to Rand Paul, Rand Paul asked, asked him, um, how young is too young, basically? Like, do, do you have any problems with starting to trans- transition kids as early as like six years old? kept dodging the question. Rachel Levine kept just kept dodging the question entirely, wouldn't answer it. Right? Yeah. Um and without parental consent, right? If I had a kid, right, they have to call me to give my kid a Tylenol for a headache, but they can start or, counseling or, and transitioning my child without telling me. Yeah, yeah. And alcohol, cigarettes, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You, you need an age of consent or, you know, yeah. you're not allowed to have it at whatever the the legal age is in, in your yeah. particular area. Um, but then you can attempt to mess with your biological sex. And I don't believe you can. Start a six-year-old on puberty blockers and hormone therapy and the, it, the, child abuse. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. No, man. It's totally it's totally insane. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, getting called unloving and unkind for not using the pronouns when we're talking about it at a societal level. Not going to feel bad about that because, um, and here's the thing too, to talk about kids, right? 98% of children that experience some kind of gender dysphoria in childhood grow out of it by the time they're adulthood. They're completely, they completely normalized by childhood where they're totally comfortable in their biological body. Right. And so it's like a 98% chance of recovery or you start them on transitioning and they now have a two in five chance of killing themselves throughout their entire life. So what is is more likely that the 98% have things all messed up and they need to be treated yeah. or the 2% do. Yeah. Well, probably the 2%, <laughs> two, the 2% probably are, are correct. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. It's like, it just comes, it comes down to let's look at the science. Let's look at the facts. And it comes down to the fact that like, we both want to see less people killing themselves. Of course. Less people uh, with severe mental issues. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Transapolism is a thing too, where it's like I feel like an amp- I identify as an amputee, so I chop off my arm. That's not healthy. It's not. It's just not healthy. Not in this right? world. But you know. But again, if, they, if someone identifies as that way, so power to them, right? Like, yeah, doesn't make sense if it is a mental disorder. And this is an honest debate. Nothing. It's not out of fear. It's not out of hate. It's out of look. I want to see people thrive and mm-hmm. not wanting to kill themselves. And if this is being exploited by a very small activist or political few that's like pushing this whole transgender movement, which accounts for less than 0.1% of the population, we're killing a lot of people to yeah. accomplish a political agenda, I think. And that's yeah. the way we view it's it. Sad. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not but good. Yeah. Not at all. Um, so yeah, Savage. <laughs> this is, Sad. this is one of the most, this, uh, this is one of the more fun ones. This is a little more lighthearted, I think. Uh, unless you're this guy, <laughs> but um, uh, this is one of the funnier comments I got was, oh, here we go. Okay. So basically, uh, t- <laughs> it's all this one intro. This is all from like the same video. Um, <laughs> I'm, I don't, I'm not a very good satire writer. I don't think yet. I want to be. I'm I appreciate work on your it. satire. Thank you. I appreciate that. Right? <laughs> um, but I, there's a guy actually I listened to. His name is Andrew Clavin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's with Daily Wire. Who's brilliant? He used to do it five times a week, just as one show a week now. But like literally every day, gut splitting hilarity, like gut splitting hilarious satirical intro to all his podcasts, like three or four minutes, just brilliant. I have to show you one maybe later. But yeah, um, well, my my king is JB's here. Is he just splits my gut like nobody yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> hilarious, man. And he actually he used to be very non-political. I know. And then he got like a couple of Facebook videos demonetized and banned or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, and he just started coming. The, the money left. It was great. Right there. Oh, he's oh, so good. Hysterical. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So JP Sears, um, Andrew Clavin. Look those guys up if you haven't. Uh, haven't or Babylon B is yeah. another one. Yeah. Uh, Babylon B actually. Uh, if they wanted to genderless Mr. Potato Head, they could have gotten Brian Stelter. Um, Basically, he called Babylon B. They're like a Christian satire site, but they're killing it. They're like one of the best satire sites out there. And I don't, I don't think that comes from a bias. They're pretty widely they're, recognized as they're that. They're good. Yeah. yeah. But even by like centrist liberals, right? People that aren't crazy leftists. Um, yeah. They're recognized as great. But uh, Brian Stelter on you know, the Chiron on this little piece, he, he was calling them basically, uh, he's like, they're a fake news site that labels themselves as satire. So he's like, they're actually trying to spread misinformation, but they're calling themselves satire to get away with it, which is just like... 
either Brian Stelter is too dumb to get the satire, right? That's the, that's the only two options he left himself. He's too dumb to get it. Or he's a disingenuous partisan hack who's yeah. labeling it that because they're really good at undermining the leftist ideas with brilliant satire. And it rankles him a bit like he doesn't Buddy like that guy should look up the word satire in the dictionary yeah yeah exactly I th- this is the thing. i lean towards he's number two i think he knows what satire is and i think he's like he's pissed that they're better than he is because he's yeah one of the dumbest people on tv <laughs> and they ruthlessly they get him all the time he's like that's just kind of a you mad bro response and yeah like i don't yeah. know but uh anyways that's what a satirical intro is it's like me being facetious um, another f- fun word to describe saying fake things for fun and comedy yeah. <laughs> right um, and making jokes to imply a point obviously to make a point yeah exactly exactly so um, so, but what I did is I recognized I even knew this myself when I put it out I'm like this is going to get some flack and I knew it was a bit savage I described it I used the word savage like I just did it again um, like, that was a savage intro is what I said and this guy <laughs> responds he goes okay maybe you should read this or do you want to do you want to read it like a sassy kind of like <laughs> which one the top one uh, it's the bottom one very bottom one very bottom one yeah <laughs> you want sassy oh yeah give, a, give it a little sorry sense. did you just actually reply to my comment that points out the word savage in quotation mark he doesn't he takes out the A and puts an asterisk in there what yep <laughs> <laughs> It points out the word savage is racist towards indigenous folk, and I try to turn that against me as though I wouldn't be f- fun at parties? That is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it just goes to show you don't care about anything in this whole racism issue, except standing up for your own fellow white Christians and their freedom to be ignorant towards BIPOC. I don't even know what that means. BIPOC. Uh, BIPOC. Black and indigenous people of color. Okay. Yeah. Hyphen. As you've so clearly demonstrated here, that's all caps, this was exactly the issue with the Falks. They wouldn't accept anything. Oh, I gotta hit the read more. As races pass, what they as white folk feel is and wouldn't be told otherwise until they had enough heat from people asking them to acknowledge what they said was ignorant. (laughs) Full stop. (laughs) Whoa! Yeah. I'm... I didn't quite follow all that. I was very focused on how I was saying it. <laughs> You're like just so focused on the sass that no, I love it. That was great. That was, here, that was a great reading. What? Um, so thank you for that, Lorenzo. That, but that was very charged with sass. Like, okay, energy here's there. the thing. He actually, cause someone, else, I don't know, someone else called me out on something else, and he commented on that. He's just doing this all, the, all throughout the comments. Um, goes, um... Uh, <laughs> he goes, in what someone else, he goes, sounds, he's describing me. He goes, sounds about white. If that's not a racial slur, like, so he's accusing me of racism because I use the term savage, which, by the way, look up the term savage. It doesn't just refer, I know that early settlers called the Indians savages, um, which is, again, the word savage means like primitive, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is, again, this isn't a racist thing. Native Americans hadn't invented the wheel when Europeans came over, right? Yeah. You could still call them a primitive society. I'm sure there's a lot of beautiful stuff about Native American culture. I'm not denouncing that or decrying that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were you could very much consider them a primitive society. Had invented firearms, hadn't invented the wheel. Um, actually, we're from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, there's a lot of child sacrifice in a lot of the tribes up here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they got called savages, and that was a word used to describe uh, primitive people that they found, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, stating a fact, right? Um, people that call them savages now, uh, that's that's kind of racist because Native American people are not savage anymore, right? Um, they've gone into civilization with the rest of us, right? So, um, but... Um, or even if they haven't, even if they kind of respect like the older traditions and stuff, yeah, I, re- I recognize that it's racist to call them savages and whatever. That's fine. Um, I'm gonna get in trouble for that one. <laughs> but but to, you can't. Like, I mean, things change. Yeah. And and just because there's there's you know one thing associated. I mean, I just have an issue with this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, just, it's so hard. Go. Vocabulary changes. You can't mm. just. <laughs> a different like it's a different time. It's a, different, it's a time. different time. It's completely detached. Morality and social norms change. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and for them to be living in the past and keep on ringing on this bell mm-hmm. as if it's still the case, it's almost like you're steeping your mind in these thoughts as yeah. if they're still reality. But yeah, we've you know there, there's been a lot of changes since then, and totally. so is the word savage just banned from 
you know, the English vocabulary? Can we not use it for yeah. any of the other meanings that it has? Exactly. Which is clearly the way I used it, by the way. Yeah. That's what's so dis disingenuous about this. He's trying to frame me as a racist for using the word savage. When, first of all, even the people back then that called people savages, you can't judge people in the past through the lens of, like, the, mora the morality lens of today, right? Mm -hmm. um, but even then, I wasn't using it in that context. It has other definitions, right? Look it up. Um, and it can mean, like, rude or unmannered or harsh, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, I, I literally, the direct quote is, uh, bit of a savage intro I just made there, right? I didn't say that I made, anyways. The direct quote is, bit of a savage intro. Mm -hmm. I was talking about myself as being savage, Right? Yeah. So, if anything, I'm insulting myself, right? Yeah. I'm being self deprecating. And he's trying to frame me as like, I, like I refer to a Native American as a savage, which would be a racist usage of that they're word. They're completely detached. It's it's not appropriate to Ridiculous. try and link those two. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> um, I just blew my mind because that, that's kind of the, like, and the reason the joke I made was I, when he first accused me of, um, um, oh, wait. So, I, sorry, I think we missed the earlier comment. Oh, yeah. So, this is, this is where he first said it. Um, in local, I should let you do this acid again. In local news, elitist Christian Weiner shows true colors by making fun of people who live in one-bedroom apartments and community housing projects. That's we should talk about that too. Um, but and uses words that are derogatory towards indigenous folks, savage, to make crybaby intro sound edgy and cool. <laughs> Says he is a glutton for punishment. In last episode, where he goes on to deny the seriousness of issues faced by BIPOC. But we have now, in fact, been shown that he cannot handle any criticism at all and drops off any conversation that begins to make valid points that are contrary to his views, which is, again, not true. I like, I've been in the comments the whole time talking to people, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, basically, so I was like, wow, my response to that was, you sound fun at parties, because I, and he's like, that begins to make valid points. So he's talking about his own comment, I guess. You're not making any, but nice try. Start making some valid points, and maybe I'll address your argument with mm -hmm. with appropriate like respect they deserve. They don't deserve any. You called me a racist by taking me completely out of context. Um, Plus, just the tone. I mean, obviously, it's text, and you're reading it, and yeah. you can't always convey the emotion or, or the genuine heart behind it. But yeah. like, just the text, you can hear just how. Totally. He wasn't arguing in good the, faith. The energy right. is off. Yeah, totally. Didn't pass the vibe <laughs> check. He, he right? doesn't want to like, discuss it. He just wants to bash. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. So it's like you start making some bad points and maybe I'll address them with the respect they deserve. But yeah. as far as I've seen, you haven't done that. You just called me a racist because you took what I said out of context uh, yeah. by being like a woke nanny. Like this is the thing. Like Christians actually used to get made fun of. And I think probably right. Like, oh, don't swear around me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and people got flack for that. Christians got flack for that. I think rightfully so. Right. Why are you trying to please or nanny the world right people mm -hmm. that don't even identify as christian and you're telling them not to cuss in front of you that's just controlling and like that's that's silly i think right um but now it's coming from the woke left which is why i talk about this is a secular religion it's like you can't say savage that's rude to, to indigenous people right yeah no it's not it has multiple definitions and i didn't use it in that context Absolutely. Right? so Anyways, so do we like the person that goes, oh, had a house party and please stop cussing around me. Do we like that person? No, buddy, you became that person, right? Nobody likes, you're not fun at parties. And so anyways, that's what he's addressing there. Um, and he says, I don't think I would be fun at parties with people who malign those who live in one bedroom apartments and have low socioeconomic status with people they don't like as a sick burn, bro. <laughs> so and what he's talking about there um, is... This goes back to the Tangle Bank thing where you had a bunch of, I, again, I know some of the people that were coming at Tangle Bank. You can, you can watch episode three, I think. It's called Shut the Falk Up because their last name is Falk. Um, they own a business called Tangle Bank in, in our city here. And anyways, they got demeaned as racist and it was totally unfounded and BS, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what I said is you have a bunch of like, a bunch of like liberal college students uh, and I, I honestly think a lot of this comes from envy. Like this is a family that's done well mm -hmm. and is very successful and owns a great business. And she's a politician here in Abbotsford. Um, done well for themselves. You had a whole bunch of like liberal college students uh, trying to destroy their like livelihood and business and get her removed from city council mm -hmm. and all over nothing. Over and I break that whole thing down in episode three. But um the reason I made the point, it's like you have, and this is the whole kind of anti-socialist position I take too, um, is that envy or jealousy against successful people is never a good place to start making policy and petitions, no. which is what these people were doing, right? 
with no basis accusing someone of a racist and then trying to get them removed off city council and destroy their business is an evil thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's an evil thing to do. And so the point I was making about saying that I'll live in a community housing project, which is true, right, um, is just show the dichotomy of like, I don't even, I, I totally don't, like I love poor people. I, you could almost consider me poor. I have been for most of my life. I'm starting to do better now. Um, but I didn't come from a rich family. Before I just got myself into a bunch of debt early on, right? I've never been mm-hmm. a wealthier, well-off person, right? Um, I don't, I don't care who you are, whether you're Meghan Markle, the princess of England, right? Uh, or, or a broke person living in a community housing project. If you have a victimhood mindset, that makes you jealous and envious of wealthy people and successful people and it drives you to do evil things to those people out of pure envy i'm gonna make fun of you i'm gonna call you up for it that's what i was yeah. addressing there so i well okay just along the same lines i just find it i just it came to my mind when somebody's like oh yeah bad karma on those who you know wish me bad karma yeah isn't that sort of a self-defeating like I have a friend who posted something on Facebook and basically it was like, Hey, um, I, you know, I hope karma eats up all the haters who, you know, thought I back in the day, just, Oh, how did it go? Yeah, like everyone who didn't believe me or hated me back in the day, I hope karma yeah, comes and bites ho- them in the butt. Yeah. Basically yeah. hopes karma will come and eat them up for, you know, hating on me yeah. back in the day. But then it's like, Hmm. You you want something bad to happen to somebody, <sighs> so isn't it gonna come around and bite you in the butt too? Huh? Before that bad motive, like it's that to me is like one of those eating things. So something something you said just yeah. made that problem. Well, so yeah, sort of like there's a lot of like eat the rich stuff right now, right? Yeah. And so, but what like, if? But then you become rich. Exactly. That's exactly it. Well, so yep. now, like, flip it on yourself, right? You're attacking the wealthy and successful simply because they're wealthy and successful, right? Yeah. Um, if it, if it's purely, if it's out of hard work, if it's genuine, yeah. well, if it's not like deceitful, yeah. like take advantage of the poor kind of totally. thing. There's no but evidence of corruption. They built a successful business that's been around in Abbotsford for a long time. Yeah. Right. So if, yeah, there's no evidence of corruption and there wasn't any actual racism, right. It was a bunch of nonsense that was like, again, twisted into this weird woke left nonsense. Yeah. The woke scolds of today. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh. I was drawing the dichotomy as I think it comes from jealousy and envy, right? And so that was the reason for I don't hate poor people, <laughs> right? I have a lot no. of I have a lot of I, I have been a poor person for most of my life, right? Yeah. And uh, and I have uh, like totally can confirm empathy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Just yeah, yeah exactly. Um, going back to the broke musician days, right? Um, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, that's not where that comes from at all. That's a complete. Again, it's a they're recontextualized everything they can't address the arguments in their own merit so like we because conservatives we always just say like oh we're just racist bigot homophobes because we've been called forever mm-hmm. my comment section literally racist bigot homophobe like tick 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 i got all three in my like fourth episode right um and and with the exception of a couple of these comments right and again you know who you are that were arguing in good faith and making good points most of them are just like attacking Bashing. my character yeah they're Haters. all just ad hominem nonsense yeah right yeah um anyways Crazy tist, craziness, crazy town. Okay, cra- I said crazy tist because I was thinking crazy town, craziness. Anyways, <laughs> crazy tists, crazy what? Anyways, what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and yeah, oh yeah, so I wanted to bring up too is Jordan Peterson. Um, this is, I love this too. Jordan Peterson, my boy. B. Peterson. Um, <laughs> um, did you do like a bit of an impression there? What? I thought you were doing a Jordan Peterson no, voice. I thought that was. If, oh. We're thinking the same guy? Jordan B. Peterson? Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Yeah, exactly. I thought you did his, his voice it sounded like, which is actually pretty no. good. Anyways, <laughs> just happy coincidence. Um, <laughs> um, he is a beautiful soul and a very intelligent person, and he's like the smartest person I've ever heard of, right? Um, and uh, again, he's been attacked as the same thing. I've been now attacked as like a transphobe when a racist, bigot, mm-hmm. straight white male, blah, 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 the usual list, right? And... Uh, Basically, what he says is like in his book, 12 Rules for Life, he's, ba- his, he's famous for his saying, like, cleaner room, right? Is look after your own, what you're in charge of. Make sure that's in order before you go out and try to fix the world, right? So, all these, like, a lot of these college liberals, and this is the point I was making is like, you have literally, you've accomplished nothing in your life, right? And someone made a point about capitalism tying your worth to what you've achieved in life. And I'm not, I don't think that's true. I think as, as children of God, we all have inherent worth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
But what I'm talking about is if you have not achieved anything, you have no right to criticize those who have. Clean your own room before you go out and try to fix the world when you know nothing about nothing, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got talked to by some leftist professor that gave you some really bad ideas. Now you think you're qualified to go out and fix the world, right? Mm-hmm. When you can't clean your own damn room, right? And that's what I was kind of trying to address. It's like... A Get lot the of these back out of your own eye before you take the log out of the other person. Though. Weird. It's like Jesus has been saying it for thousands of years, right? Um, <laughs> um, that's exactly it. And it's just like the reason, um, what am I trying to say? Like, yeah. So a lot of these, a lot of these, a lot of these like college liberals and stuff that are driving movements like Antifa and BLM and, and critical race theory and, and the gender theory and all this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, a lot of the people that are driving this are like these college kids that like, first of all, a lot of them are very privileged. Like you're looking at like the Harvards and Yales and stuff like those kind of kids. Right. Um, they're going straight from like mom and dad's place into a college, never had a job. Right. Um, so jobless from high school into college, where you're getting indoctrinated by an incredibly leftist academia. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you start yelling at people who have worked their entire lives to build something and you want to tear it all down uh, because part of it doesn't line up with what your weird definition of racism is, yeah. right? Um, and again, I'm not trying to like diminish racism, actual racism, but what happened with the whole Tangleback thing was not real, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what I think this comes from. It's like clean your room before yeah. you start trying to fix the world, before you start getting angry and criticizing and protesting everything and stuff. Get your own life in order, right? Yeah. Um, I actually got that book. I, I went through the first four chapters and then I got distracted by read the rest I don't want to read the rest he actually his his new one I think it's called 12 more rules for life oh really yeah I gotta pick it up soon actually because the first one was great I I printed out the rules for life and I posted them on my fridge one one thing I remember is I kind of didn't appreciate well I mean I appreciate Jordan B. Pearson for a lot of his angles and a lot of his perspectives on things Mm -hmm. Um, but I do I did find that in the first few chapters of that book that he's trying to balance all of all of his ideas without specifically referencing uh, a faith or, or some kind of yeah. a, kind of a yeah. worldview that really he can back mm-hmm. all of these ideas mm-hmm. and he kind of like a lot there's a lot of incongruencies with how he grounds things right although he's got a lot of very I would say per, pretty accurate perspectives mm-hmm. on things but he doesn't he struggles to ground them which is sort of in a proper I don't know I found yeah. a lot of conflicting ideas when you really got to the roots of certain things but yeah I think I think what you're talking about is it lacks like a metaphysical foundation for those ideas yeah, yeah. I can kind of speak to that a bit because I've seen him talk about that right because mm-hmm. he, he actually like identifies as um, as believing in Christ as a Christian right does he um, well like sort of Sort okay. of, and okay. this is and this is like this is why I find him phenomenally interesting. And I have a lot of respect for him, but he basically he he is one of the most humble people for how ridiculously intelligent he is. Um, he's one of the most humble people too because he's talked about. He's like, I'm not an expert in Christianity. I'm not an expert in theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am an expert in psychology. Right? He's been a clinical psychiatrist uh, for like forty years now, something like that. Right? He's like, I am an expert in this field. I will speak to this field. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so that's why he talks about when he talks about the metaphysical, he talks about like narratives and archetypes and stuff and, and that kind of thing. And he kind of sticks, he contextualizes Christianity through a purely, like he looks at it through a completely psychological lens, right? Which is sort of where I find like there, there's a little bit, there's lacking substance you know with how he grounds it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know that, I don't know that's, that's his job to do that. Right. I yeah. think he's speaking to his expertise and he's leaving the theology to the experts in. And actually there's a really interesting, what was it? I saw an interview recently where he actually breaks down talking about Jesus Christ because I think he's even in his own story. I think he's had like he just went through like a really traumatic time with um, actually some uh, some prescription drug abuse where he was taking a prescription for something that just kind of like kept the dosage kept going up and mm. stuff. And it, like, he became reliant on it, all that kind of stuff. It's a really it's a tough story. And it was he was gone for like a year and a half, two years because mm. of dealing with that. Right. Getting medical treatment and stuff for it. And he's back now, wrote his new book and and. But he had a really emotional interview when he's talking about he's talking about Jesus and like tearing up talking about it, which hmm. I haven't seen him do before. Hmm. And so I think some of it I just I don't think it's him being like like being a pansy and trying to not like I'm a Christian but I don't want to say it out loud because I'm afraid of whatever. I don't think that's where it comes from at all. Hmm. I think he's like, I'm gonna stick to my expertise, right? And and uh 
and the like my relationship with Christ is a personal relationship. And I even think too, he even talks about um and this comes from the cleaning room, right? Make sure you know what you're talking about before you go out and you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I, I don't doubt that maybe he, ta- he talks about that with personal, like, I don't think you have to shout out everything you know all the time, despite me having a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a, a, a religious faith uh, is a more personal thing. So mm-hmm. if he wants to keep that between he and his wife or family or friends and not talk about it in a public context, I think it's his prerogative. His um, prerogative. I would su- yeah. I would maybe sure. suggest that maybe the Bible tells us to be a little bit more bold with that. But if, but but yeah, but the Bible wasn't written when social media was around, right? That's or fair. when YouTube was around. So I think if you do that on a personal and and so much of it, I even talked about in this podcast. Like I get I get criticized, especially in the last couple episodes, for like kind of speaking pretty harshly about the left rather than trying to engage the left and have conversations, right? Um, well, so many of these conversations are so toxic. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe this is just me succumbing to pessimism. I don't know that I'm going to convince people on the left through this podcast. What I do know will happen is I hope to embolden people who share ideals, whether that's, I, I think I can talk to centrists, I can talk to conservatives, um, and maybe the odd actual leftist, mm-hmm. right? What I think I want to do is embolden conservatives, embolden, um, centrist liberals and whatever, uh, to speak up, right? Yeah. Because I think conversations happen over a pint. Mm-hmm. It need, over the conversation a needs to happen. Yes. And it needs to happen respectfully. Yeah. Because right now it's imbalanced where the left is typically mm. the loudest voice in society. But we want both voices to be yeah. loud so that there can actually be some conversation. That's exactly talk it. talk about the important things. That's exactly it. And so I just don't think, like, I just think that happens on a personal level. So Jordan Peterson... Um, knows enough about psychology to speak to millions, but doesn't feel he knows about mm. Christianity or wants to keep that more personal, right? That's where real change happens anyways, I think. And he's with his psychology, because he's such a powerful speaker and he's because he's such an expert, he's reached millions of people that way through mm. that medium, right? Um, so I, yeah, I, I totally respect his decision to do that, right? Whether it would be the same thing I would do, I don't know. But, but yeah, I don't think I can pass judgment on him for that. Um, because yeah, I really do guy. think it's very, very interesting. But yeah, I think I think it's a really important point is is maybe I th- we're done for topics, so we could probably wrap up. Um, but maybe kind of end on this. I think is and this is why I wanted to have you on too. Is is I think conversations are so much fun, so much more fun. It is right? me yeah. talking alone in my room, getting all <laughs> excited and and having some fun is 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 a good time and. And that most of that serves to hopefully embolden people that kind of agree, right? Yeah. No, I don't want to create an echo chamber. What do I want to do? And that's the thing. Because um, I got accused of that too in the comments of creating an echo chamber. Of right? <laughs> or he was questioning me. He's like, are you trying to create an echo chamber? Or are you trying to engage the opposite side? Neither. I would love to engage the opposite side. I don't think many will, at least in a in like a genuine way um, or a non-toxic way on like a lot of those comments. But... <sighs> I do want to embolden people who are listening, who, who maybe line up where we are, to be bold, right? Mm-hmm. I, one of the reasons I respect you so much is even being here, because I know what's going to happen now. You and I both know what's going to happen. Flack. Right? Get, get some flack, right? Oh, maybe yeah. Some, I'm used to flack. And again, I'm not whining about it. People accuse me of whining about stuff. I know I'm going to get canceled. I know I'm going to get mean comments. I counted up the cost and I'm still here, baby. So I'm not whining about it, right? Yeah. Um, and you have to. And that's why I think that takes testicular fortitude, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so um, <laughs> so props for that. And I think props to the people who are listening to stuff like this. Go out and have conversations. Don't live in an echo chamber. Engage people who disagree. Because I think, and I know uh, a mutual in friend In a respectful ours, way. Totally. Yeah, 100%. That's the only way that yeah. we get forward, we can move forward in society yeah is by engaging respectfully and, you know, having the conversations. Totally. It, as soon as things are disrespectful, you lose. Yeah. Uh, and then, you you know, this wall goes up and then the divide begins. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. And here's a great example of that, actually. There's a mutual friend of ours um, who was actually, he's, I was talking to a roommate of his who, from what I, what he told me, it kind of lines up. <coughs> Voice crack myself, too. Um, <laughs> kind of lines up more on the left, right? Uh he left me an incredibly sweet comment on the last one. He actually, uh, he compared, and this, I totally didn't deserve this, but he, he said, he compared me to Andrew Schultz. It's like another one of those great, that's not really satirical, but he's like, just not afraid of, um, being politically, cor- not afraid to not be 
politically correct. Yeah. Uh, he's well known amongst he's well respected amongst comedians as like being one of the best up and comers just because he just says whatever and he's hysterical, right? Um, he'll make he'll make race based comedy whatever and people and people of all races find him hilarious mm-hmm. because it's so refreshing to hear someone just not care about the woke nonsense yeah. right yeah. and so he compared my satirical intro to andrew schultz and totally out of i don't agree with him i think it was way worse than andrew schultz <laughs> but that comment made by did god bless your heart um so um but here's the thing what happened right my podcast um got out to a buddy of mine right and he had a conversation with one of his friends who didn't agree and that guy went and left a really sweet comment on my video even though he may not agree with everything i think mm. right God, I love that so much because that's where I think it's real, right? Go out and have the conversations, right? Sit down in a room with an actual person. COVID restrictions. Oh, I'd want to talk to you about COVID, but maybe another time. We got lots yeah. to say about COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we do. Uh, we can do that today or do that another time. Another time. Another time. <laughs> another time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, you go way past what you said. Yes, I appreciate that. Um, but uh, and we have way too much to say. That'd be like another hour. Yeah. Really um, <laughs> but yeah, have conversations with people, right? Um, and real dialogue, right? Absolutely. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Cool. Simple as that. Simple as that. <laughs> I love it. That's where real change happens, and that's I think yeah I think society is one one person at a time, um, and it's not one in the YouTube comments, and it's not one uh, yelling at people on the internet, right? I know I have a podcast, but it's because I want that to spark real conversations, real life conversations that have nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. right? Gonna try to be as like as genuine and as fact based and as kind and loving as I can be while still making the point. Um, and and having fun. Laugh and having fun. La- yeah. Oh God, laugh a little. That's last thing, and then we're done. I promise. <laughs> so devoid of humor, and like just so serious and and aggressive, and it's like I know I've been aggressive. But I usually try to do that through comedy, right? But it's like. Uh, do you do you find anything about that like between the right and the left, who's having a better time right now? Uh, I mean the right. Yeah, obviously. You obviously. You I, think. I think it's pretty obvious. Okay. The, the, I I feel like I the right know. is way more open to laughing about issues yeah. and making points through comedy mm. than the left is. The yeah. left is always hate, hate, hate. I can't believe you. They're offended by almost everything mm. under the sun. Yeah. As soon as you make yeah. a joke of something or you use the, r- the wrong word, they're, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld won't do comedy at colleges anymore. He hasn't for years already yeah. because of how bad it's gotten. Yeah. And, so, and you know, la- the saying, laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. There's, there's so much good to be, um, you know, brought up. There's so yeah. much productivity and health mm. in laughter yeah that can be gained and you know yeah people just it's part of is one of the the nodes of communication totally you can engage a lot better you can have a lot more fun you can build relationships you can mm-hmm. have harder conversations a lot easier when yeah. there's laughter and there's sort of an uplifting yeah. tone to the whole thing and you can burn way less bridges right yeah. that's the thing like i still i still love those people that made really toxic comments the friends of mine right i know personally like half the people that made comments like that we went through today right and does that hurt sure like it you know it kind of sucks but it's and i like i'd forgive them in a heartbeat if they came back and like hey look that was kind of too harsh right um because when i name call i name call generically right and i name call people who are like doing evil things like trying to wreck businesses for no reason that kind of thing but um like it's just they, they seem to take themselves so seriously um, and, and they throw so much weight in their own opinions. I don't, I'm going to say this stuff cause I think it's, I think it's important. I think it's fun. I don't think we take ourselves very seriously, <laughs> right? Try not to anyways, yeah. right? That's why we're laughing, goofing off and, and being self-deprecating a lot is cause we're a couple of idiots in a room having some fun, right? Yeah. And talking about some serious stuff in hopefully a fun and engaging way. But, yeah. uh, at the end of the day, like lighten up, <laughs> have lighten, some fun, indeed. laugh yeah. a little, love a little, uh, don't assume people that disagree with you are hateful, terrible people. Yeah. Just maybe give them the benefit of the doubt and uh, have some grace, have some forgiveness. Most people are pretty good people and just disagree about some stuff and and that's it. So, yeah. Lorenzo, dude, super good to have you on, man. It's an honor. It's been a pleasure. It's, a pleasure. it's been a while since we even like hung out. I know. Because of the whole crazy. COVID thing and who cares? We've been like hanging out anyways, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think we're quite six feet apart, so. Probably like 
five might get fined or something. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, we're It'd be okay if we're in Costco. Yeah, we recorded this a year ago, over over a year ago, probably now, right. It was yeah longest two weeks longest two weeks of my life remember the one it's the one year anniversary this week of two weeks just flatten the curve (laughs) anyways covid's a different subject pleasure having you on man good to hang with you and uh thank you all for listening um hope you enjoyed feel free to comment uh hopefully a little less toxic than last time (laughs) but i love you guys have a good one support us on locals twitter instagram go like a bunch of stuff comment on a bunch of stuff Uh, Order yourself some good food and much love. We'll see you next week on the Hemlock Podcast. Thanks, Lorenzo. See ya. See you guys. See ya. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's Hemlock Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends and family. Tell them to subscribe because if you loved it, then they're going to love it too, obviously. Also, head on over to iTunes to leave us a five-star rating and review. That helps us a lot with the charts. And if you're not going to leave us five stars, then forget about it. Don't worry about it and enjoy the rest of your day. Lastly, head on over to thehemlockpodcast.locals.com to become a supporter and receive access to exclusive content and ad-free versions of the Hemlock Podcast. Love you so much for listening. Let's continue to ride out this increasingly insane world with irreverence and joy. This is your host, Patrick Jolliker, and... Much love, y'all. Peace.